Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This Podcast, where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another. So we can once and for all answer that question, who has better taste? My name's Sam Blakely, I'm joined as always by Hugh Dempsey. Hello Hugh. Hello Sam, how are you this evening? I'm very well, sweltering, um, as the rest of the UK nation is this week. How are you coping with the heat? Um, I mean, I'm glad we're doing a podcast and not a live video stream, because uh, I don't want to <laughs> upset listeners with uh, gross visuals. So. Yeah, I'd be too, nudity, etc. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's all in the name of hydration and uh, good good <laughs> heat regulation, I don't know. Yeah. It's I, I, can't, I can't complain, I really can't complain, because I complain when it's cold, so I'm not Yeah, I, com- I complain more about the cold than I do the heat. I... D- if I had to choose, I'd rather be like this than be cold, because I Great. can cool mys- I can cool myself down wearing the heat. In the cold, you can warm yourself up, but as soon as you go anywhere outside of a certain heat perimeter, you're just cold again, and it's miserable. <laughs> well, I think we've covered the witty banter. Um, let me introduce <laughs> our listeners to this week's episode. Uh, as we do each week, one of us has seen a film, the other one hadn't seen it before, they recommend it and uh, then the other one watches the film and they find out we find out how they felt about it pretty succinct sam well done um yeah pats on the back all round thanks this week i have recommended the the great jordan peele film uh, get out (laughs) the jordan p uh film i've I've prepared for get out by (laughs) director jordan peele this is the porn parody Get in. Oh, right. <laughs> Get in. <laughs> that was quick, wasn't it? I'm proud of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's for film Get Out. Hopefully you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, honestly, honestly, stop listening now. Go and watch it and then listen again. Okay. Yeah. No. So, But there is going to be spoilers. In we this, are going to so spoil it right from the start. We are going to spoil it quite early doors. This is um, not a review. This is not something to listen to before you watch it. This is after no. you've seen it. This is two mates just talking about... A yeah. film. Talking about a film that he, that, that will be spoiled. Now, I want to caveat, because this is the first modern-day film we've done, so to speak. It's um, the first film we've done since the two of us were born, in the late 80s. Yes, yes. I want to say that I wanted to see this film when it came out. Oh, you're so woke. I, yeah, I am, what can I say? <laughs> I'm, I'm, down, I'm down with the... Down with, I'm down with people, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now sounding. <laughs> you didn't like even know what to say. I'm down with yeah. the uh, people. Yeah, me yeah. and people for another. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did want to see this when it came out, but I just didn't have the opportunity. And you just got in there before me, so I feel like on our scoring system, if I do like this film, then I feel like this is a hollow victory for you because I'm not competitive at all. Really. So, because oh, it's, it's an easy win, because I recommend good yeah. films. Yeah, you're recommending like films that I was... Star Wars tripe. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I mean, my hatred is growing look. more and more each week. It's weird. <laughs> I haven't seen it again, but I'm disliking it more and more. Yeah, it's, maybe it'll come full circle to the point where you'll be like, I know so much about it that I actually begrudgingly respect this. <laughs> I, I hated it so much that it's gone all the way around to, to not, not hating it anymore and actually yeah. Yeah, queuing yeah. up for the next, I, mean, I don't know, instalment number 12. Yeah. <laughs> Ha ha ha! We're not far off that. Um, so let's no. let's deal with Get Out then. So, yes. why have I recommended this film to Hugh? Uh, I mean, I've only seen it three times with, with the director's commentary on. Mm-hmm. You know, as in, but about ten times without it. I really do love this film, um, and you know, I don't really have a sentimental 
value for it. It only came out two years ago. But I do have a real love of it. I think it's very effective. And for me, it gave me a great deal of insight that I didn't know I needed into what they, what you could call the African-American experience. Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, that's one way of looking at it, I guess. I mean, it, well, it was it could, because it was great because it wasn't it wasn't a redneck, um, obviously racist Christian right group. It was the liberal elite, and it was all of the little bits of value signalling that all of the white people do. Where actually, it's sort of positive racism, sort of putting black people up on a pedestal, saying, "Well, they're cool. They've got uh, you know genetic advantages on a physical level." Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, and I'll I'll get straight into it right now. I mean, later on we're we're due to talk about what our favourite line of dialogue is, but I have to say now it's it's the line of dialogue that everybody says, which is you know I would have voted for Obama a third time. <laughs> you know, and it's it, everyone he meets, every white person he meets is just trying to lay out their credentials as work and not racist. Uh, or you know, or you know the the white golfer, old golfer who talks immediately about Tiger Woods as the <laughs> so Chris is going to know him. Do you know um, what I've just thought? Yeah. We should, not to inter- sorry to interrupt, but uh, we should probably say what the actual premise of this film is. I know it's this is generally for okay, people who yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a we'll give but it I think, a sort of one But I think minor. actually a, an overlook, overview of the premise of this film actually says, makes you describe the sensation of what it is, what it's about. Sure, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you, want, do you want to do that? Shall I do that? I can do that. Um <laughs> Like it's a challenge. Uh, so it's a young black man. He's got a white girlfriend. Uh, we begin with her and him packing to go see her family, and it's a wealthy, um, wealthy family in the country who are white, and they immediately are sort of fascinated by his blackness. Um, they hold a party with lots of their white friends, and a lot of creepy shit goes down. Yeah. Do going to, I mean, the premise-wise, is that, that that sounds like a trailer premise that tries to draw people into watching the film. Should we say what happens in the story? Do we just assume that the listener knows what happens in the story? We're not a very linear podcast. No, we're a very not linear podcast. Um, I mean, look, there's a big spoiler in this film. We're going to spoil it. Um, so basically what it turns out is that the... And I'm going to spoil it now for you, so if you don't want to have this spoiler and you want to stop listening you've been warned enough yeah we'll, we'll count down we'll count down together shall we three come <laughs> two, on get into one. three two one spoiler, <laughs> spoiler. Oh, that went seamlessly <laughs> i also before you before you crack on um this is the i think it's the first film we've covered that can be spoiled indiana uh, jones it's not i mean sp- empire <laughs> yeah but who doesn't know that i mean you know i've met people Right, <laughs> just putting what, it out there. I what, know were their, what were their views about? I mean, I mean they, they, were, they tended to be people who didn't they, they didn't watch. Know. They just didn't watch these kind of films. Yeah, to but be anyway, okay. So that that is a spoiler, but not really. Uh, and then Indiana Jones is an adventure film. He's not going to die. There's no real spoiler there, is there? Uh, <laughs> There's no stakes, really, was there in that film in the end? <laughs> no, like, not, not in this I, genre. Yeah, yeah. I suppose not. I, I would have almost liked in Indiana Jones for her to have actually died and it'd just be about him morosely trying to revenge her death oh him dying <laughs> would have been a much more dramatic end yeah I mean yeah I, I mean, mean it'd just... throw away a billion dollars in franchise but <laughs> <laughs> you know more interesting yeah. ending go on sorry you were saying that. so get out tell me more yeah so the spoiler of this film is uh, basically so that 
the people who were at this party, um, well, not the people of the party, so it turns out that the girlfriend and the family of the girlfriend have actually manipulated the situation to because they've been um, the uh, the antagonist as she is, Rose's Rose, uh, Alison Williams's character is actually the granddaughter of a man who's invented a technique that, in conjunction with hypnosis, allows uh, people to transfer their consciousness into the bodies of um, other people. And the fashion in this film is that people are uh, being manipulated by Rose and by her brother, who's in his uh, attempts to steal people. Turns out it's black people, um, and yeah, um, they get take having it's like a bit like uh, invasion of the body snatchers really it's yes. yeah it's stepford wives stepford wives meets being john malkovich uh you know uh, meets um modern day slavery yeah essentially yeah that's yeah it's a great way of, and uh, it's such uh, a good it's such a good take on it and it's not that they're it's not that they're enslaving people because they think they're lesser it's actually that they're enslaving them because they they want to be them yeah it's as you said it's almost like positive discrimination that uh, occurs when you, as, like you I came across I came across a fascinating phrase for it actually which which came about in the uh, I think it was in the 30s or something in in Paris and it was called negrophilia yeah and, which kind of makes sense you know it's uh, it's that sort of uh, enamor- enamorment enamorment <laughs> <laughs> of the black lifestyle of the aesthetic and culture and all that sort of thing so it's either uh, admiring and wanting to sleep with um black people or it's wanting to imitate their yeah imitate them you know kind of speaking like a rapper or you know that, that sort of thing uh, yeah it's very evident here uh yeah and um, you know we had a lot of that as from kids we knew growing up <laughs> it's like you're from we certainly did. <laughs> yeah yeah it always but it's you can you know it's it's a phenomenon that does happen I mean, I, I get it a lot. I, in, the 30s. I, in my in my town where I am now, there's a lot of fourteen year old white boys who've never seen a black person uh, kissing their teeth, you know, and you know, and uh, kind of just just spitting out lines uh, in class, <laughs> you know. And it's yeah. uh, I just think, what you what, you're not you're not in Baltimore right now, you know that <laughs> you're not in that South Central LA. <laughs> It's unbelievable, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's not it's not a new issue, but it's it's something that I think Jordan Peele's captured very well in this film, and I think that's that's yeah. the most obvious uh, thing to really like about it. It's it's a, yeah. it's it's political, it's social commentary um, on racism, but not in a oh white people hate black people isn't that bad they're aggressive towards them, but in in they see them as a commodity, as a trinket, as a uh, yeah as a as an intriguing thing. You know, he's paraded yeah, around yeah. like. Yeah, well, there was, you know, one description I heard of the film was uh, it's uh, it's looking at uh, race in the post, you know, in a post-racial era yeah. in America. <laughs> just before uh, Trump got elected, which was just really, really, yeah. really affected the interpretation of the film. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get we'll get into that a bit later once we've actually gone through our uh, thoughts and feelings on. Yeah, it. absolutely. So I've got a, a little list I've, I've written up about. What I really love about it. I think what's really uh, great about it from a di- sort of directorial uh, filmmaking debut is just so damn creepy. Oh, well, yeah, we need to mention that there's obviously two sides to this film, or many layers to this film. Mm-hmm. And one layer is the, the, you know, the thriller horror genres, tropes and things like that. I mean, I think, you know, it's 
there's three layers at least to this film in terms of its genre and narrative. You've got you've got at least three genres in there. You've got you know you've got horror, you've got um, thriller, and you've got social. You've got com- comedy, satire, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, running, comedy, satire, horror. Slash and interwoven in that is the you know your your social commentary and its its observational um, ability. Um, I mean. Personally, from my point of view, obviously, I don't know how to deal with the things that the me. I can, I can empathise, but I don't. You know, I can sympathise mm. and empathise, but I I've, I've never been in that situation. And, you, it's you what know. I loved about it. I mean, um, whenever yeah. you see Jordan Peele in an interview about this, he says this is a this is a horror film that finally is representing the black voice in horror films. He says, you know, I think it's a, I think it's an Eddie Murphy bit. He's in, I remember him in conversation with Stephen Colbert talking about this. Eddie Murphy bit saying, you know, that there wouldn't be a black film. That's right. There wouldn't be a horror film if there was a black main character, you know, Amateurville horror. I think it was, you know, they're going to the house. Oh, isn't this a lovely house? I'm so glad we've moved in here. Get mm. out. Shame we can't stay. <laughs> 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 and obviously Rod is the character of get the fuck out of there. You know, he's, he's that character. Daniel Kaluuya's character, Chris, he, he's not stupid. He's trapped because they're out in the country, in the countryside. And, you know, towards the end, she has the keys. They're trapped, but he's smart. And there's a great bit in the director's commentary. There's two or three occasions where Jordan Peele says in this scenario, a self-respecting black man would act like this. So at the very beginning, if you remember, we see Andre walking through the suburb in, at night yeah. and a car starts following him and he turns around and says, no, uh, not today, not today. And as a white yeah. man, I did, you know, I wouldn't have done that. And and again, in the commentary, John Peel said, yeah, any, any self-respecting black man would have done that <clears throat> in that scenario. You know, he's done this logical thing, but he still gets kidnapped. Chris, uh, yeah. you know, lots of times is doing, is doing the right thing. He's not getting himself involved. Um, there's even the bit where he has to be hypnotized. The, he uh, he doesn't want to be hypnotized. He's sat there and he's but he's resisting. He's not saying, "Oh yeah, that'd be cool." Why, why don't you hypnotize me? He's resisting it. And obviously, yeah. Catherine, Catherine Keener's character is just brilliant at uh, bringing him in. So that's what I yeah. really loved about it was getting that insight. As you say, it's hard to uh, empathize like you've been in that situation, but it was just insightful, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. In terms, yeah, I think I think a great way for us to look at this film. So obviously, we're going to try and follow our normal structure and have like what's your favorite scene what's your line mm-hmm. so what's so we'll we'll try follow that but i think maybe just to give ourselves some sanity we'll try and break the film down by its social issues by its actual genres that it covers you know let's so we'll talk about you know the film itself like the actual the narrative the plot the, mm-hmm. what what it's uh, you know we'll analyze it and look at it from that point of view as well i think it's a good idea because you know, we need to maybe be able to separate out the social commentary from, and actually just analyse the film for itself on its own merits. Yeah, if that yeah, makes absolutely. Sense. Yeah, I mean, so a thing I really love about the film and the filmmaking was uh, the tone that was struck. Aside from the racial commentary and so on, it, it's so borrowed from not borrowed. It's you know so inspired by The Shining in many ways and Stepford Wives. Um, this the score. So Michael Abel, who this is his first time on a film score, gets it so right, right from the very start, um, and the credit sequence, the title sequence, with the violins, and it's discordant, and it's uh, it's what um, Peel called a satanic Negro spiritual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think was just great, you know, and it's just sort of blended all those things. Um, and it's just so creepy, another kind of shining influence when, uh, when 
the uh, when Rose's dad's character is taking Chris through into the kitchen and he says, you know, we left a little bit of, of uh, my mum in here. And just George she's literally smile. stood there. It's like the twins in The Shining. You know, it's right. that sort of moment. I, I haven't think seen it's... it, remember? <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've seen that scene, though, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Uh, yeah, and it, it's just, it's so good at creating that, with that, stri- that weird thing. Um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And it just really works as a creepy film because because you sort of know, you know something's up. You know they're not good people, but they haven't said much out of place. Rose's brother Jeremy's been un- inappropriate, but... <laughs> you know, everyone has a family member who's inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And then everyone everyone at the party is just too over-familiar and too interested in him being black. And there's the, the woman asking, you know, what's the sex like, basically. Um, and everybody's yeah. sort of referring to him being black. And so you go, well, this is weird, but it's not. this is not a horror film yet. Maybe that's a white person's point of view. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> and it's just it's just this creepy just it's just creeping thing there's a couple of jump scare type things but you go well what the hell is going on then you know what could be happening well the best jump scare for me in the opening kind of act is the um walter running at night oh so um, well done isn't marcus it? henderson's character and he's just it's just weird yeah. i mean it i mean why he's outside at night in like late at night, <laughs> running around, <laughs> yeah. even though it's his own property in his head, um, <laughs> and that's fine for him to do with that sort of thing. Do you he know why he's doing that? Yes, yeah. So apparently it's because he came third to Jesse Owens in the American uh, trials, so he's mm-hmm. trying to beat Jesse Owens' his time. That's um, right. And then uh, and the, the, at, the, at the end, when he chases down Chris's character, just when he's mm. trying to get away, <laughs> I don't know if this is. I don't know if this was actually going to happen. John Peel said that he, he originally had him saying, "What was it? Uh, beat you, Jesse. Got you now, Jesse." It seemed a bit on the nose. I think. <laughs> no, it's such yeah. a good shot because it's. I think the score. It's just this sort of. It's like in um, Holy Grail. Uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail when the not sorry yeah Holy Grail <laughs> when the when he's running towards the castle and it's just playing oh. the same footage over and over dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but but scarier <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's really well I heard in fact yeah you know you could play you know you could almost re-edit this film and give it a different score and you know the stuff that <laughs> seems creepy and unusual could be you know played for laughs a bit slapstick you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know. a quick word on Marcus Henderson, actually. I Because of the way he played that character, I was convinced the actor was in his 40s. Yeah. He's he's, he's just turned 30, basically. He's, he's like... Wow. He's, he's, he's a young, fit man. That's why the granddad wanted the body. But when he's talking about a doggone keeper, top of the line, I thought he was genuinely knocking on a bit. Again, that talks to the, the writing of Jordan Peele, that he could capture this kind of essence... Of a 60, 70 year old white man from yeah. who died like a few years previous and um, was able to, you know, get the dialogue and you believe that <laughs> because it was so straight. Like, who, um, what's the character in the, uh, with the hat in the garden party who was dressed really strange and he's like, oh, you know, when Chris's character goes up to him, he's like, oh, it's good to see Andre. your brother here. Andre, yeah. Andre. yeah. Um, and his, like, his, I think the acting in this film all around is oh. pretty on point. Yeah. But, well, speaking of great acting, and on a similar note as Marcus Henderson, Betty Gabriel, who played Georgina, the housekeeper, she's also like in her very early 30s. 
um, mm. and again could pass for over 40 because of her manner. Uh, just yeah. a great bit of acting the, when she's trying to sort of uh, tamp down the spirit, you know, it's like, no, 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 you know, and, and lets out a tear. I mean, amazing yeah. acting right, right up to the camera. There's no cut they can put a tear on or something. Just really wonderful. Yeah, I like the bit where she's looking, you know, she's preening herself in the oh, reception yeah. of the glass. And that, again, like you said, that's a very kind of old lady thing. Yeah, but it's also it's also her admiring her beautiful new face and young face. Yeah. But it seems like it's just there for a jump scare, but actually it makes sense. And then it's the same with Walter running. It seems like it's there for a cheap jump scare. And then you go, oh, right. Yeah. That wasn't just <laughs> a random thing to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. So what was your favourite scene of the film, though? My favourite scene, I think, is the is the dinner party, the the party um, when he's sort of being introduced around, and that's sort of a, I suppose, a conglomeration of scenes. But um, it's basically any scene where a white person is embarrassing themselves in front of Chris. So I, was, I really like uh, the scene between Chris and Rosa's dad, uh, whose name escapes I me mean, how annoyingly. Um, you know, when he well, says, um, "I would have." Dean, yeah, that's right, Dean, yeah. where he says I would have voted for Obama a third time. I just think that's so well done because because he's putting him at ease whilst making him completely on edge, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I thought that was done very, very well. How about you? What, was, what would be your favourite scene? Oh, do we do that well, later? Well, yeah, you need to. We'll we do that later through. when we find out whether you liked it or not. Yeah, so favourite line. Well, you've put... got to ask, the next bit is you, you know, well, did I like, ask me if I liked this. Well, there's, a, there's another little lines. thing actually before that, which is, um, just one other thing I really like about it and then then what I want to do is say why I think you'd like it and why I think you might not like it and then we'll get to that so the other the other good thing I really like about it is um, that it fits together really well and it's made I've rewatched Shaun of the Dead recently and as a sort of debut proper feature film it's so perfectly written because it just mirrors everywhere and there's foreshadowing all over and this film is exactly the same everything is in there for a reason um, I was looking at some advice for writers uh, by a lady called Jill Chamberlain and she said that the problem that a lot of writers make is they'll write a scenario, they won't write a story. And the idea is that for it to be a proper story, the main character has to fit that story as well. You couldn't just replace them with another character from something else. And what John Peel does really well here is he makes it perfectly explicable why Chris is in the scenario that he's in, why he does some of the stupid things he does, why he sticks around, uh, why yeah. you know, um, and it makes that because it's his, it's basically his, it's his mother, you know, he's got this sort of mother issue, and so yeah. it makes that so it just fits together perfectly well. And some of the foreshadowing is great, even little things like the first time we see Chris is in front of the mirror. And he's putting white on his face. He's putting shaving cream on his face. And it's almost like uh, like he's preparing himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, he says, I don't want to be chased off the lawn with a shotgun, which I thought was great. Mm. Um, and it's just so well foreshadowed. In fact, when I was looking at the Cinema Sins video for it, a lot of the video is just him taking off Sins for how well it's made. Um uh, and in fact, I got a quote from Cinema Sins. I could probably remove all of the sins of this movie for being so much more than it is on its surface. So that's yeah. the final big thing that I really liked. And I think what you would like is is the fact that it's a horror film without a stupid protagonist. You know, he's not walking backwards all the time. Um, and, and, and he's smart. And I think I think you'd like the fact that it's not just a stupid horror film, but actually it's got a real brain to it. So after the break, we'll find out what Hugh thought of Get Out. 
so yeah, I mean, I, this film's amazing. I mean, I, I think obviously anyone listening to the last uh, what uh, you know, twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, all realising about Grace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to even pretend that I didn't love this film yeah. and thought how amazing it was, and for all the same reasons you've just mentioned there. The, mm-hmm. Sinister, sinister, the sinisterness, the sinister nature of it. It works as a horror film. It works as a thriller. It works as a social satire. It works as, a, you know, a commentary on, you know, uh, the, the the way, you know, white people behave around black people, the way black people behave around white people, mm-hmm. um, or you know, two groups of ethnicities that aren't, you know, you even though it's very set in. You know, you we you know I can extrapolate here and say, even though this is you know very much from a black director's and writer's point of view and how he deals with the world and how he deals with the liberal elites and you know him saying oh well I really like you know a lot of these people who say these kind of things like I voted for Obama three times <laughs> uh, or I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could have you know that kind of thing you can extrapolate that out and say well any sort of situation where somebody who grows up in one country but is of a overtly different ethnicity to the the majority group will have felt situations like this and been around people who weren't racist by their like you said by the virtual signal now obviously yeah in the end of the at the end of the film it was like you said positive racism which you know, <laughs> still racism <laughs> yeah and it's yeah still racism yeah and it's that virtual virtue signaling like almost i think by us by me enjoying this film am i doing virtual signaling that <laughs> yeah, I, almost, I am woke? i feel guilty like putting this podcast out there thinking oh yeah yeah this is a show yeah. we're, we're cool after indiana chance <laughs> yeah, yes but in our defense we did sit there <laughs> say you know one of the main characters of that film was uh, of uh, racism, <laughs> yeah. you know. Let's be honest it's with a that. Different time. Yeah, you know. Uh, what did I say um, about it was something like, oh, it doesn't matter what nationality or something this person was. They're just disappointed that they weren't born English or American or something <laughs> like that in the Anglo, you know, the Anglophile world, basically. Yeah, so yeah. the Anglophone world. So they must speak English around even to their own compatriots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my favourite scene. Uh, is similar to yours. It's attached. It's that. It's attached to the bit inside um, the, you know, like you said at the party where he's going around. But it's the when he meets. Um, it's when he meets uh, Stephen Root's character. Oh yeah, uh, Jim. And it's like you said. So yeah, I suppose one of the reasons I do like I did like it was because it it was a social satire first and foremost. I think. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately that's what it is and it gets away with some of its more like coincidental narrative threads like him being out in the garden and then you know it's like the cinema scenes like oh that's a lot yeah. she just sat there waiting for him to walk past yeah and you know, turn the light this, on yeah yeah this is always my big problem with horror films is that people do i still think that was personally still think that was a strange thing to him to do. Do you know what I mean? To sit down and start talking to him. And he's clearly scared out of his mind that he's just had some guy running at him at full pelt and then he's veered off and the it guy's not explained. It makes you wonder what, what they normally do. 
Is she normally yeah. downstairs? Does does Rose always get smokers, and then she, they know she, they're going to be jonesing, and they need to go outside or something like that? Well, or did she just is... see a spot an opportunity? And I think, yeah, I think she they they were. Pro, I think they profiled a smoker. Yeah. Hmm. I, well, I think they. I say they. The characters. Yeah, the writers. Well, at the same time, though, they keep trying to make him stop smoking because, of course, and that's a, that's another hmm. great one where. You know, it's you, he's being sort of chided for smoking, and you go, "Oh, it's because of secondhand smoke, and they don't want a smoke their daughter to marry a smoker." Nope, yeah. they want his body, and <laughs> they want it to be yeah. as healthy as possible. It's but so they needed well a reason to to try and perform the hypnosis on him. So yeah, oh, true, yeah, true, true. Yeah, so when she, you know when it's the second reading of this film is amazing because it's mm, oh yeah, I'm, and the third and the fourth and the fifth, yeah. Yeah, when you watch, like the second time I tried here to watch it was, I wanted to watch Rose's dialogue and Rose's actions and all the things Rose yeah. does, because on a purely narrative base, she is the best character in this film for me. And what a performance! You yeah, know, as well. there's a great, great line actually, Jordan Peele. Uh, not that I'm here to promote other podcasts, but if you haven't listened to Q and A with Jeff Goldsmith. Uh, then what are you doing still listening to us? It's really good. And um, he has Jordan Peele on. He gets filmmakers on to talk about their film. And he talks about with Rose how he was unsure whether or not he really wanted to make it obvious um, that she was kind of in on it. How how much do you want to hide that? And then he said, but if you have an opportunity to pull some Kaiser Soze shit, why wouldn't you pull some Kaiser Soze shit? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's great. And it's such... I mean, were you, were you surprised? Um, no. You know that something was going to happen, so when she... It, I, I wasn't, I wasn't... No, I'll re- take that back. I was a little bit surprised, but when you realise it was the whole family before, you know, when you realise it's the brother, it's the mother and the father, you're like, well, obviously Rose is in on it as well. And that, But that penny drops, like, as soon... You know, the penny drops as soon as you all see the photographs, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's really a quick penny yeah and, and it's great performance from her i mean she's keeps saying oh i'm not can't find the keys can't find the, the keys and then her face drops and she pulls the keys and then immediately yeah. she ties her hair up and she's a fucking <laughs> maniac robot who eats her you know eats her fruit loops and her milk separately and yeah and also you know they they knock him out they put him in back into the sunken place they take chris downstairs to the basement when we see her up in her room, she's already got her former conquests up on the wall, their photos up on the wall in frames again. Oh, wow, I didn't notice that. It took her, like, 15 minutes to write, go, okay, I'm going to get the photos back on the wall as my, well, I suppose, as, as her dear trophies. You know, it's a re- recurring mental... Uh, like any good psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Although it makes... Yeah, I suppose it, and it's got that kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe to it there, that it's mm-hmm. not just one... Bad apple. It's they're all bad apples, and yeah, the the yeah. idea would be um, something that Jordan Peele spent a lot of his time researching, especially when he got a bit of um, writer's block. Was Knights Templar, and it was this idea that this they, this family weren't just the originators of this. They they were in a you know hundreds year old cult essentially that had this idea that white yeah. people are superior intellectually, morally, but black people might have superior physicality and so they could sort of elevate themselves to some sort of demigod by taking on both uh, and combining yeah. both um and that it's followed followed on the idea the interesting idea was that jeremy was actually the one who was sort of fighting against that more than rose even though he's the one who's been the douchebag racist at the table yeah actually he was the one who was rejecting this family's 
methods more than the others, which I thought was quite interesting. He's sort of testing the waters by pushing him quite far. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to test, you know, if he was good enough. But, it, it, yeah, I suppose that's one way of looking at it, I guess. I mean, obviously, that's what the... the I mean, yeah. Let's... So yes, but my favourite my favourite line in the film, unfortunately, now that you said yours is really you know up to date and satirical, but mine is, I wanted it to be the line where he goes, you know, I would have voted for Obama for for a third time if I could have. But my favourite line is at the end of the film when Little Rod comes in and saves him, and he goes, "I'm motherfucking TSA, TS, we, motherfucking A, fucking A, we get, sh- we handle our fucking shit or something like that." Consider this shit fucking handled. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Consider this shit fucking handled. And the film just ends, and it's the best. Yeah. Like you do get the the you know the wide angle, the mid range wide angle shot of Chris, and you know you can just see the horror on his face of this whole situation, and you know he's almost glazed over it's like oh my god it's done but it's not over but i was just like still laughing at that yeah. at that line and it was great and because they didn't they'd done the tsa thing a few times and i was going oh is this am i getting bored of this i can't decide and then actually that hit and it was really good so yeah so basically um my favorite scene was like i said the one where he meets uh jim hudson in the uh what turns out to be the, the auction gallery oh yeah um, what did you like about the scene uh, because so it's two people who so on one level and in the, when you first see it in the headspace you're in as an audience member as you go oh this is a man who kind of is he's world you know he's world wise in you know he's been outside of this kind of you know bubble and there's just two people who are on a level with each other talking about you know the the you know the vicissitudes of life you know and how Great just way. things are what they are um you know they talk about life sucking and you think uh, and it draws you in brilliantly it, you're like oh yeah this whatever's going to happen this guy's not going to be involved <laughs> and then when you find out who oh, he actually right. is yeah. yeah and he's 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 almost the villain of the, the, the <laughs> almost the arch villain of the piece because he's the one who he's not just he's not just spoken to, you know, he's not just tried to steal this guy's body, but he's actually tried to be nice to him. He's tried, you know, he's manipulated him. And then when you watch some of the dialogue he has, when it's like, Oh, you've got a great eye. And then, you know, that, that foreshadowing of him going, I want your eye, man. Yeah. You know, later on, it's, it's all that stuff there. It's just, it it is hard to pick a favorite scene with this film because there are so many good scenes in it. It's a very but memorable I, film. There are some films that wash over you. This one, obviously I've seen it many times now, but I feel like you would be able to just um, sort of t- retell the scene, this film basically scene by scene, which I think yeah. is quite rare. It means it's a good film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You you know which scene's coming up. You know what's about to happen. Um, yeah, so that was probably my favourite scene in the film on, you know, reflection. It was... It was yeah, it was hard. There was other scenes that I was almost going to opt for, mm-hmm. but I thought that was the one that kind of that was the end of the, the second act, basically. Once he's met that character, that's that's it. You know, that's the end of oh well, things might be okay, and then you know that everything's about to turn to shit. It's basically, all, yeah, it's all gone. Um, yeah, I think just, I think we do have to give some praise for Daniel Kaluuya as well. By the way, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he basically was uh, discovered 
by John Peel while he was watching Black Mirror uh, in in the UK, I think, and he watched Fifteen Million, million Merits. Saw him do that. Uh, have you seen that? Oh, was he? Um, that the one where they're on that weird treadmill? Yeah, oh, the the uh, exercise bikes. Yeah, he's yeah, the, sorry, the character, episode. and he goes and gives oh, that impassioned speech yes. and has the broken glass to his neck. And it was giving that speech that convinced Jordan Peele that he should hire him for this film. Do you know, I didn't even make the connection that yeah. that was the same actor. Yeah, that's... I mean, lots of Black Mirror is brilliant. But yeah. that... Uh, yeah, I remember that's... Yeah, that was one of the better ones based on Second the... Second episode uh, as well, that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that worked out quite well for his career and, uh, you know, he's gone on from there. Okay, well, that's good. I mean, I'm, I'm really glad you liked it. Like you said, he did feel like yeah. a bit of an, a hollow victory because... It's not a desi- it's not a divisive film except between racists and everybody else maybe. Um, yeah. So I'm quite I'm quite happy uh, that it worked. Oh, that's what we were going to say. Yeah, uh, is about you know. So obviously this was a film based about post racism or post racialism in America, hmm. and you know everyone's this you know that kind of liberal the correct well like correct attitude, but you know that liberal <laughs> attitude everyone's the same. You know we don't look at race. And then, obviously, the film was made to represent, oh, well, it's still under there, under the surface, really, there in America, and, you know, we're just kind of suppressing it now. But here's Obama, let's all forget about it. But then the film was released, like you said, when Donald Trump became elected, when he overtly campaigned on, quite frankly, a racist ticket, I would say. Yeah, oh, yeah, Um, absolutely. I mean, you don't have to be racist to to vote for Donald Trump, but all the racists did. Yeah. And it probably helped. (laughs) Um, yeah if you, mm. yeah that's so so then that to be it's almost a commentary on the situation that you know we they found themselves in America where it was like oh no we weren't all the same you, white people are still treating us the other and you know you know like you said it was almost you know you're being you're being lionized for a while but then they're trying to put you back in your box yeah. of what they believe you should be because things aren't we should have things better for us. I'm, I'm making exactly, a very impassioned yeah. speech here from from the wrong side. <laughs> it sounds. <laughs> I just realised how I sounded in my head. But yeah, that that's their kind of narr- that not mine. Theirs. Yeah. Kind of. And yeah, so that, the social commentary that John Peel was then putting onto that set, and people like, you know, people in the media and then you know, putting going, oh, well, the, you, wow, you've made this film about you know race in America at the yeah. right time, and he's like, I made this about when we were all supposed to be, you know everything was fine <laughs> yeah, exactly well it's quite funny because he's he's obviously married he's married to a white woman in chelsea Peretti, and uh, people have asked him you know is that was that part of the inspiration but it had this idea knocking about before he met her actually and it was a, yeah. i think it was a brave thing to make uh brave you know he didn't he didn't really think that the studio would go for it it did quite well i mean he got the budget is estimated to be about five million dollars which is just you know it's nothing really in in hollywood um and it grossed $250 million. It's the highest grossing film um, from an original screenplay. Um, something, something. He's <laughs> got all kinds of awards. Uh, well, I'm sure it's something like that. It's the highest grossing... What, original screenplay? Original screenplay. By a first-time director or something like that. Yeah, I think that must be it. Yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. The quarter of a billion. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money. It says that, 
you know, it says a lot. I mean, I wish I'd been one of the people to contribute to that fair cinema figure because I'd love to have seen it in cinema. It's, it's one of those things. I mean, it's the same when when um, when a film is made that is going to definitely appeal really, really strongly to a, to a particular demographic. Everybody from that demographic goes and sees it and everybody else. I mean, Black Panther got two billion, mm. you know, across a billion dollars because... It's a Marvel film, but it got more than most of the Marvel films because you say, well, here's a Marvel film that's finally for, not for, but that's finally representing lots of black people. And uh, yeah. and they go, you know, and everybody goes to watch it. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's very fair. And I suppose in some way that's kind of what Barack Obama represented was, um, you know, he was probably slightly more liberal than than other people had been in his party. But you're going to get basically everybody who's black to vote for you as well as all the right thinking people as well in our minds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I just thought it was great. I, I'm not very qualified to speak about the social issues on it, aside from the fact that it taught me something. Um, and I have a lot of students who don't seem to think that racism is still an issue because legally it isn't, if that makes sense. You know, it's illegal to be racist in, in many different walks of life. You can be, uh, you know, you can be fined or put in prison for saying very racist things or discriminating racially. But mm. it still exists. It just uh, it just doesn't occur to most white people in this country, especially if they live in quite a white town. Um, it's, I mean, it's the same for for women. Really, a lot of men think that misogyny doesn't exist anymore, but women will still put up with catcalling a lot more than men realise. I think, and it's because they don't tell you every time it happens. Um, yeah. You think, oh well, it's not a problem because I'm not doing it. I'm not racist or misogynistic, so it's not a problem. Yeah. Most people are like yes. me. And if we're going to take it to a wider context, I suppose this film shines a light again on that that positive discrimination of mm-hmm. well, these you know in especially in certain societies, the people who are in the you know the upper middle class tend to be of a particular ethnicity more heavily than almost you know than the working class. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, you know where you know where where you think these attitudes reside isn't because they think they're like that. It's just that. The way we structure society happens to be that the people of that ethnicity tend to be have the better starts in life. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's it. When 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 people say, "Well, I, I I've got, I'm successful because I've worked hard for it." Yes, but you you know, also slavery for your race wasn't abolished in the last two hundred years. It, it's you you've been fine for centuries. Uh, yeah, people really sort of aren't aware of the legacy issues that uh, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Good. Um, yeah, and that that cross that plays across the board for lots of uh, ethnicities in you know well ethnic minorities in predominantly you know white white countries. Um, again, I'm like you; I'm not very qualified to talk about. No, I don't think we are. But I think you what's know, interesting is is it, like you say, it's gone it's gone into a more positive way. They actually see pe- black people as being a more desired ethnicity to have, but they're treated like a curio, like a like an item to to trade. And there's, yeah. a, there's a great ambiguity in the film where they're doing the silent auction and they hold mm. up fingers, uh, you know, holds up mm. fingers and there's a lot of speculation. Is that thousands? Is that millions? Is that billions? What What is that figure? You know, if, if yeah. Chris is sold for, I don't know, what was it, four, um, something. Um, Jordan Peele said, well, his his side of it was that he sees these uh, as being collectors and very rich, wealthy people. They're part of this sort of cult, essentially. And it's the number of... Um, relics or curious items that they're willing to trade for it 
Oh, right. So it's almost they're bartering with their own with their collection. capital. Yeah. yeah, their own collection. Yeah, c- cultural capital. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what they well, that's what they have, isn't it? Essentially, they are the, you know, they are the uh, they are the hegemony of that nation, and you know, these are the people who are able to trade in exotic items, and the, like you said, they've exoticized the black form. Exactly that. Even the, yeah, so it's it's just another form of slavery because they're they're seeing him as an object. They're they're really yeah yeah object yeah. in that sense. Yeah, yeah. A part of me does wonder if I watched, if I enjoyed the film because it was dealing with race, mm. and I was like sat there going, "Would I think this is a good?" So I suppose this is a good time to move on to the like, let's judge it on its own merits as just a film, as, a, yeah. as within its own genre, which you know is, um, you know, it's like a horror thriller, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, what what do you think in terms of that? I mean, it, I think it. I'm not crit- so. I, I, Look, I like to analyse critically when we look at these films, and you know, let's you know, let's see what's new and different about it. So obviously, a lot something that's new and different about it is the social side, it, you know, and that a lot of that the first, you know, the first two acts of the film are about that. But I think the third act, it kind of falls into classic sort of horror thriller, you know. Yeah, I mean, you he's think? got to get away. It still has yeah. commentary. Did you notice yeah. that his way of escaping was picking cotton from the yeah. chair? Which I thought was great, yeah. you know, good visual metaphor. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's very much a, he's got to get out there and it's thrilling and it's he's got to battle each person. But yeah. I, don't, I don't see another way of doing it. I think I think it was played well because there's a couple of jumps in there. I think it's, it's very cathartic. It's very uh, satisfying. Yeah. And one of the alternate endings that was, di- was different was as he's choking Rose and the sirens pull up, it was actual police, yeah. and it cuts to him yeah. in prison, and uh, Rod goes and visits him in prison and says, look, just remember all the names you can, we'll get you out of here, and he's he looks defeated, and he just says, I I stopped it happening, you know, I've stopped it, So he's, yeah. he's, and that was it, and it was going to be, I think, a much darker message about, I suppose, police brutality and uh, prejudice uh, and so on uh, against black people, because it looks really bad. It looks really yeah. bad when he's there over the <laughs> over the white woman's body covered in blood, yeah. the house on fire. Yeah, I must admit, when I first saw the police pull up, I thought that was the way it was going to go. And then yeah. I was like, oh, are we going to have like a 10 minute ending where he's having to... A whole thing. Like, it could be another, it could be a sequel where there's a court case and there's a, yeah. Yeah, or you was like, oh, well, what really happened and him trying to, you know... Because like you said, it, because it didn't work for Rod when he went to the police to explain it. Yeah, yeah, and obviously if everyone's dead, the you know, the local police don't take... Yeah, that I mean, that was a great idea itself, just to go, well, here's the police. <laughs> what does this image look like? It does... Ah, it, oh, it's so smart, this film. It's great, and, and I do actually like the fact that it was the happy ending side of it. I mean... I'm the same with, say, Shawshank Redemption, spoiler alert, um, a lot of people think it should have ended with him just saying, I hope, and he's on the bus, and then there's the minute-long scene of him on, on the beach, you know, going up to Andy, and I I prefer the happy ending, I think, because it's a bit more closure, the, the, the novella ended on just, I hope, and it's great, and it makes more sense, and it's more artistic, but just as a just as a viewer, as a listener, as a reader, yeah. as a as a viewer, uh, it was more satisfying. So I think yeah. I was I was happy when Rod turned up. So I've got some uh, I've got some trivia for you about the film. 
Let's go for the trivia time. Trivia Dun- jingle time. Um, trivia jingle time. Jordan Peele. I think our I think our jingle for this should be just us saying we're going to do a jingle and each week just singing <laughs> something randomly and see what comes up. For the trivia, <laughs> no, the trivia side. So Jordan yep. Peele, his voice appeared twice in the film. You might yep. have, you might know this. I do, yeah. Do you remember what it was? So the first one is um, he uh, he's the voice of somebody in a... Have you written these down? Yeah. Good, because the first one's when he's the voice of a recording mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, finance just landed on me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I can't remember what he says. And then the second one was... Oh, which one was it? He does another voiceover, doesn't he? Uh, he plays, a well, not necessarily a character, but he voices something. Oh, it's the deer. Yeah, it's the deer, which I think is yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that deer noise sounded weird when I, when I was watching the film. And when I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, you yeah. can tell that's a bluff. Uh, actually, yeah. I don't have that much trivia. I've got one more. Do you have the, are we doing the quiz? Yeah, there's going to be a quiz. Don't worry, there'll be a quiz. Don't you worry about that. Uh, another nice bit of trivia I found was that... Um, the actor who played Rod, when Rod's getting very exasperated when he's trying to track down Chris because he's not answering his phone, he was really ill uh, for a day or two. And when they were filming it, he's getting really sweaty um, when he's kind of uh, trying to like find the right phone numbers when he's on the phone to Rose, when he goes to the police. He's, he's getting very sweaty and it's, uh, he was ill. That wasn't a very good one, I'm afraid. I've got a good bit of uh, some good facts for you. Oh, go on. Some good bit of trivia, so... Um, the song that uh, Skilliza Kawawagwenga. What? <laughs> yeah, you know the song at the beginning. That's what it's saying. Oh, what is it? Listen. What does it? What is it again? It's like Skilliza Kawawanga. Kawawanga. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah. As I said, that's what Jordan Peele described as being um, satanic Negro spiritual. Yeah. Really captured it. It's very voodoo. It's very you know it captures uh, it. Brilliant, isn't it? That. Yeah. So that's it. Actually, so, that takes us nicely to the quiz. That takes us nicely to the quiz. Uh, I'll put... But that, I haven't given you the fact. Oh, sorry. What was the fact? That's the song. No, that's what the song. But it says. So what I've got here is uh, that that phrase uh, is a Swahili phrase that translates to "Listen to your ancestors," and the song lyrics loosely means something bad is coming. Run. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so yeah. Get so out in so once again, if you know Swahili you know the theory you know the plot of a film yeah like and what's Once going to again. happen yep do you know the other one that where it basically gives away what's oh, happening in this film uh, go on um the Lion King the opening lyrics to the Lion King the bit in you know the film oh, yeah. is, ah, that yeah. bit I always like to say Arsene Wenger Arsene Wenger obviously yeah because they basically since 1996 uh, yeah. Lion King was ruined for everybody <laughs> yeah, all football fans. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently that means something in Swahili is look, there's a big lion, a big lion <laughs> over there. Yeah, he's gonna kill something. you, Dad. Oh, and then he's gonna come after you. Oh, it's Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> what's, really yeah. Do. What's uh, Hamlet for lions in Swahili? Asavenya. Also, before we do the quiz, a couple of critical response notes. Oh yeah, yeah. We need to do our critics' response, don't we? On Rotten um, Tomatoes. Um, last year it was 99%, it's now 98%. There's been six negative reviews to throw oh, the card. Tell you. 
25 was... years from now, it'll be down at 93%. <laughs> I think it's one of those where people just like to be, you know, contrary just to just to be found more as a review. Because I only looked for the for the uh, not fresh reviews. So it was um, Screen Zealots Louisa Moore says it's a wannabe thriller. Lacks any suspense, has very little humour. Um, it fails to succeed as a parody, satirical comedy or conventional horror. It has an unappealing cast of actors <laughs> and it has a lifeless story and it's slow to set up. I don't know what film they were watching. It's slow to set up. Well, it's slow to set up, but it's it's creepy as fuck. So, yeah, stuff's just it's just people talking and stuff's just happening, but it's creepy, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's it is. Conv- what did you just read the first bit out again? It's a wannabe thriller. Lacks any suspense, has very little humour. Lacks suspense. It has lots of suspense. Lots of suspense. It, it fails to succeed as a parody, satirical comedy, or conventional it, horror. It's not a wannabe thriller, is it? It's a. It is a genuinely good thriller. It wants to be a thriller, and it succeeds in being a thriller. There was a really good, <laughs> a really good choice yeah. that um, John Peel made actually in cutting a scene. One of the outtakes, were, not outtakes, one of the deleted scenes was Chris in the sunken place. And he finds a lighter in his pocket, and he's lighting, um, lighting, and getting a bit of a light. And basically, it builds up to a cheap jump scare where there's a demonic deer bone, like mm. skeleton, in there with him. And I was so mm. glad they cut it because it just felt like a cheap scare. And then you go, and so is he eaten by the deer now? What? What? I don't know if you've seen this out this deleted scene. No, this is one of the ones I haven't seen. And it it doesn't work at all, really. And I'm so glad they got rid of it because it would have been, <clears throat> oh, we're doing a horror thing. And actually, it's a yeah. horror perfectly fine. <laughs> it doesn't need that extra level of jeopardy. He's in the sunken place and his body's going to, his brain's going to be, it's, you know, he's going to have somebody else's brain put into his body. <laughs> but the the, the, the horror in the sunken, I mean, when you think about it, the horror of the sunken place for him isn't just the lack of his control, but it's that he's stuck there thinking about his regrets of his yeah. how he behaved when he was young and when his mother died. As we saw you know from I mean? Walter, you'd rather just die. Yeah. As soon as, at the yeah. end, when Walter gets some, uh, you know, sentience and gets control of his body again, he just yeah. kills himself immediately because he'd rather yeah. be dead than, than put up with that. Yeah, he, it's it's destroyed him that much that he's just wants sweet release of death from it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I was glad they got rid of that and that, that would have made it, Slightly more conventional yeah. horror, I think. That is a very contrarian view for such a good... Also, unappealing cast of actors. Alison Williams is just phenomenal in this film. You know, yeah. they're, they're all brilliant in this film. I really don't understand that at all. Yeah, there's no bad performance in it, is there? No, I mean, when you've got, when you've got Bradley Whitford in your film, you're fine for performances. He's so good as Dean. And, uh, yeah, he nails it. So, that... I don't know what the... I don't, it was at a film festival, that, so maybe they saw it once, maybe they were in a bad mood, maybe it was the seventh film they'd seen that day. I'm going to let them off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Roger Ebert doesn't have an opinion on this. Well, film. you know, there he goes. What's that now? Is that four from four? Four from four. But but I'll, I'll go to Mark Kermode, who is uh, the greatest critic in the world, I think. Um, he he chose it, his film, uh, chose it as his film of the week, Um there, there weren't many kind of uh, what's the word? There weren't many uh, sound bites I could take from it. So much as some of the things he'd said, he called it a smart satire. He uh, he said it um, 
the God, I've forgotten the name of the person. The person who wrote Stepford Wives and Rosemary's Baby, they said that when they were writing those, they found that when the revelations were coming, the creepiness rewards weren't as good. And he said that this film deals with that really well by just really ramping up the catharsis, really ramping up, <clears throat> ramping up how rewarding it gets when you've figured out the whole scenario then you just get to enjoy yourself while he's killing everybody and then getting saved which i thought was very nice yeah that's um definitely it's one of those isn't it that you've you you know that's it again you don't have to and you don't have to be the ethnicity to to be like yeah these people deserve what's coming to them you know that <laughs> yeah kind of, yeah. It's like I'm not sat there going, "Oh no, the poor white woman's dying. The good-looking <laughs> poor white woman's dying." No, I'm like, "Good. I'm glad this psychopathic person yeah. is being she somehow horrifically to make murdered. herself not good-looking. She's gorgeous, but when she puts her hair up like that and puts on a demonic smile and pulls it too tight, she's just this weird robot sociopath. And then, oh, the great moment when she stops fighting him and just starts smiling at him when he's choking her. It's just yeah, a great I mean, character choice. Yeah, I mean. You might say she becomes a little one-dimensional at that point. If I'm being ultra critical, mm, true, when true, true. when she yeah. she's being this like weird kind of inhuman robot at that point. Yeah, but, I, agree, uh, I agree. But I quite like that she's a. There's no nuance. She's just a psychopath. A complete, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. her. Maybe without the mask, her mask is this lovely, you know, preppy white woman. Yeah, and she plays you know, it so well. And yeah. immediately, just like that, it's gone. Apparently, um, yeah. Ashley, um, Ashley was, Alison Willis had to prepare for 45 minutes to get into character. And when she was in character, her dog didn't come near her. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the writer of Rosemary's Baby and Stepford Wives is Ira Levin. That's right, Ira Levin. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, yeah. yeah we both tried to memorise that earlier and both totally <laughs> failed. Failed completely. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for the quiz? Welcome to Please Watch Us, where two men... Please Watch Us. <laughs> Please Watch Us, being absolute fucking dicks of ourselves by forgetting yeah, every but... woman's name. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah, fair enough. Should um, we do the quiz? Yes, yeah, so no rebut, but we got a cur mode in there. I think it's uh, one or the other good. every week. Both. Yeah, I mean, any review you read of it, the majority of them uh, are just... Well, know, 98 right, You know... Yeah, uh, and something I think we'll, I'm keen to ask because you know the more contemporary films we watch, because obviously a lot of the films we're going to introduce to us are films that are a bit older. You know, they've had time to age. Is this well, film the films you're going to recommend? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've got one from 1957 on my list, so that's that's fine. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's that whole. Um, yeah, is this film still going to be a? I mean, we're still going to enjoy it in like. 10 20 30 years from now but you know i am i am always keen to see if a film holds up oh massively you know and I, mean? I think it i think it will it's quite smart and it's quite subtle and it works as a film yeah. i think i think it, you're right yeah, I think it? it'll, yeah i agree i think it'll hold up as a film yeah absolutely. i mean in the same way that one of its biggest influences in guess who's coming to dinner you know that was the whole conceit was there's a white woman going back to her parents with her boyfriend and he's a black man and that was that was the whole film. Whereas that wouldn't that would be an interesting episode of a sitcom now, maybe. Uh, but it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a nine uh, hundred minute film, you know. No, that's a great film, by the way. I guess who's coming to do? You know, I might not have seen that. Maybe we'll have that on another episode. Ooh, yeah, it's really good. I watched it. It's it's a solid film. It's not like it, 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 I was sat watching it expecting it to be sort of 
oh well it's a bit quaint now but yeah it was it was still relevant at the time so i think that's maybe why this film will live on because it's it'll keep its relevancy yeah (laughs) that's what i forget about summer all the windows open all the lights (laughs) on okay you ready for the quiz yeah It's the quiz. Ah. There's a couple of these we've already talked about, uh, but you know, I'll just, we'll just make sure the listeners have been listening. So, question one: Where or for whom does Rod work? Oh, uh, the TSA. TSA. Do you know um, what it stands for? Knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> uh, the security agency. Okay. Uh, Territorial services. Airport? Something airport. There's something, uh, something something airport. It's got to be, hasn't it? Or airports. Sounds like I'm listening to a man lose his mind. <laughs> what is? What does TSA stand for? I mean, I, it, yeah. Do you know what? It's one of those. I know that the securities. They're, securities, they're, right. They're the American... Okay, so it's not airport. <laughs> the security yeah. agents. I'm going with the security agency. No, it's it's the, they're it's, a big branch of the It's the Transportation American, Security uh, Administration. So, you know, you had some good guesses. I wouldn't have known it. I had to Google it, of course. Yeah. Question two. What martial art does Jeremy prefer? Is it Krav Maga? Krav Maga? Yeah. Are you sure? No. Because <laughs> you would have said yes if I said it right first time. I mean, oh, he likes MMA. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's Is right. That your... Oh, right. MMA, yeah. MMA. specific martial art. He's a big MMA fan. Yeah, good. Yeah. Whereas Chris prefers. Say again, sorry? What does Chris prefer? Chris prefers. Not to fight. <laughs> True. Uh, they talk about judo, didn't they? Uh, oh so yeah, of course. Three. Judo. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was great actually, because he talks about you've got to think three steps ahead, and you might you might have seen. Oh, you maybe you did see this. We watched the video on Jordan Peele talking about the theories, uh, and the idea was that. Um, uh, oh, actually, sorry. No, it's uh, he doesn't prefer MMA. Jiu-Jitsu is what Jeremy prefers. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I knew I'd get that wrong. Um, he said it's all about thinking three moves ahead. So when they're having the fight, when Chris is trying to get out, Jeremy kicks the door. Uh, they're fighting again. He tries to close. He tries to open the door. Jeremy kicks the door again. Chris knows that he's just got to get him to do it again, and I'll stab him with the leg in, in the leg with the scissors, which I thought was uh, was brilliant. But why don't you just like reach back and stab him in the face with the scissors? Well, it's why don't you reach back and you stab him in the face with the scissors? Well. Yeah, see, this is my thing with horror films, ultimately, is that characters make, like, choices like that. It's like, someone's choking you out, you've got a pair of scissors, just stab <laughs> them in the eye. They'll s- your mind in the bloody leg, they'll die pretty fucking quickly if you stab <laughs> them in the eye. Yeah, but it's, you know, leverage. Actually, I think I've made a mistake twice. Right, okay, so, Jeremy thinks Chris should be an MMA fighter. Chris says he took jiu-jitsu in school. So that's it. That's that was the two. I don't know where judo's come into it, but anyway, yeah, uh, stab him would do would do it as well. I suppose just stabbing him. By the way, did you know? Good old fashioned laceration. When you were watching it, did you at what point did you realise, or are you only just realising that the man who was kidnapped in the first scene is Andre, who we see say get out 
Um, yeah, it was... You can't tell, can you? Because it's so darkly lit. Well... And his voice is different. Are you saying that it's... you struggle to differentiate between... I wasn't sure, <laughs> and it was as soon as, obviously, he. Um, it was when you saw them when you saw him with the helmet on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you were like, "Oh, that's that's clearly Andre." Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Question three: We did definitely talk about this. Why does Stephen Root's character claim to want Chris's body? His eye. He went, I want your eye, man. man. And uh, Jordan Peele said he's also got a secondary motive, which is he thinks that being a black. Uh, photographer would would have more like you know would do better for him in the art world basically number question four according to dean dean armitage uh why shouldn't they go down into the basement uh because it's got black mold yeah which i thought was great and then finally really tricky for you um what song is rose listening to while she's eating fruit loops Oh, do you know, I knew I should have paid attention to that song. <laughs> I'll give you a moment to think about it. Is it... Uh, I can't tell you who what the song... I think I can give you the artist. Was it Was it Taylor Swift? Was it, sorry, what? Was it Taylor Swift? She was, li- no. was she listening to Taylor Swift? No. No, I don't, I don't know. I had the time of my life oh yeah of course she's listening to that song <laughs> and it's a bonus I question what's she doing on the laptop uh, she's looking at pictures of fit athletic black men yeah it's uh, she's typed in top NCAA prospects which is great I love that it's yeah. just it's just great seeing that so I've got two questions for you firstly uh, would you recommend this film I would wholeheartedly recommend this film because it is it's everything that you want it to be and more. That's great. You know I mean? And yeah. how many oh god I haven't thought of a thing. How many black moulds out of ten? <laughs> um Yeah. I'd give it a nine. Nine. Very solid. Yeah. Very solid score. I'd I'd say that's probably the going to be a hard score to beat for a long time to be honest fantastic 2-1 to from, me from me personally yeah because uh, yeah because I don't the only thing that lets it down is like you said it's very cathartic at the end but there's nothing new once the horror and the that side of the genre starts up it's you know the thing that makes that good is the comic relief interspersed in it although I do think the very end is a new thing that I haven't seen where the protagonist has won, but the police show up, and that's not a good thing. Or at least that's what it seems like when the sirens come. Like the police showing up when you're when you're just about free, it should be great. But it's a really good comment on on race in America. I thought it was a really nice, really nice touch. Hugh, what are we going to do next week? Uh, so next week, uh, we're gonna. I'm going to try and win you over to the at least because you didn't like Empire. I'm going to try and. <sighs> One more shot of winning you oh, over to at Star least the, the the universe of Star Wars and a film that came out recently that you haven't seen and a film that, I'll be honest, maybe isn't the best love Star Wars film, right, but I really what enjoyed it. What is it? It's uh, Rogue One, a Rogue Star Wars story. Ah, Rouge One. Yeah, Rouge One, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, um, okay, is that so, the first of this new batch? 
Yeah, so what do you know about it? I know very little. I think it's got um, Felicity Jones in it. Well, that was another reason I, I just remembered. Yeah, that's another reason I wanted She's to. Great. Yes. Uh, does it have. Basically, um, you Felicity so, Jones' <laughs> session. So, well, I think in Empire, was it Rogue 2? The flight that uh, was trying to find them on Hoth. Was that the ship? Um, yeah, so it's. Rogue, Rogue is a designation right. of. Uh, a squadron, rogue squadron inside based Star on, Wars camp. Based on The Last Jedi um, and the actors appearing again, I think Rogue One is a sequel to Empire. Sorry, sequel to Return of the Jedi. Um, presumably something like 20 years, 30 years later. And uh, I don't know anything so, yeah, else. You know. Yeah, you know. Well, that, I'm looking forward to this being a surprise for you actually now because, uh, yeah, you yeah, I'm, I'm debating whether I should make you watch a trailer for it uh, before you watch the film outright. Why would I do that? Uh, sometimes, because a lot of these Star Wars films are uh, obviously viewed through the lens of their trailers. Oh, I'm not going to... Um, what? what? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't like watching trailers before a film. What? what, what? Um, because any highly anticipated film of a blockbuster nature always has trailers out before it. And know? I always avoid them. You, because then okay. I, I, I won't like it. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'm already gearing up to not like it. Because uh, it's Star Wars. I'll go in without knowing anything, because that's what films should be. Yeah, as. let's hope Felicity Jones can save the day for me. If she's moment. on it for a lot, uh, then I'm, I'll at least be able to enjoy her performance. Right, well, that's, I mean, yeah, damning with faint praise, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll yeah, see. so... Yeah, I'll I'll explain more next week. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to, it, I guess. Yeah, so <sighs> taking um, up four or five hours of my holiday watching uh, Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I look forward to it. I'll... Yeah. <clears throat> so that's cool. all I know. I don't. I know nothing at all. Um, I think David Boyega's in it. Daniel Boyega. No, not in this one. Right. Okay. Is this? Has there been three now? Rogue One, something else, and Last Jedi. Um. So the, the newer films, since they finished doing the prequels yeah. in 2006, there's been, um, you've had The Force Awakens, which is oh, Star is Wars that... Episode 7, The Force Awakens. So you, make, so you and... made me watch Episode 5 and Episode 8. <laughs> uh... No, hang on, hang fire. No, because you, did you, have you seen The Last Jedi? No. No, right, fine. Have you seen, have you seen, you've said, you, you told me you'd seen um, The Force Awakens though. No. You haven't seen The Force I've Awakens? I've not seen The Force Awakens. Why would I have seen The Force Awakens? I'm sure you said you and your girlfriend watched that. No. Why would I watch that? I don't know. I thought she made I thought she made you watch it and you I watched it. The New Hope. Unless that was somebody else. You watched. So you only watched A New Hope and I've seen A New Empire. Hope and Empire and I think most of Phantom Menace 20 years ago. <laughs> right, okay. Um, so The Force Awakens oh. is the one I should watch. Well, now that you said that, Good I God. might change it to the Force Awakens. Are there nine of these films? But you haven't watched. But you haven't watched Return of the Jedi, have you? So, Good yeah, God. I'm going to make you. you no, I'm going to make you watch. No, I'm going to. No, I'm going to not make you because that sounds. <laughs> false. I'm going to. I'm going to recommend that you watch. <laughs> watch now next week. You just next week. Like, you, so you're going to watch Das Boom in two weeks. You know that's like six <laughs> hours long. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing to me? Well, I'm on holiday in September, so if you want to wait till then. I watched Das Boot when they showed the remake. Oh, the, I forgot you'd love re- that one. Um, uh, what's a really crap yeah. film that's eight hours long that you'd really <laughs> hate? <laughs> right, first of all, I know that you like 
Felicity Jones. So that's why I pick, I'm picking this because I'm giving. I'm at least hanging a little nugget of something you enjoy <laughs> in front of you. And given that you haven't seen the films that I thought you had seen, then this will make sense to you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you in a. I'm gonna have to tell you now. So right, Rogue One. Wait, 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 wait. Don't tell is, me anything. Wait, wait, hang on. So. Uh, no, I need to give you some context that I thought you knew <laughs> going into. So this. I'm watching Rogue One. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to make you watch Rogue. I'm going to recommend you watch Rogue One next week. You turn up and go. Yeah, I didn't watch it because it was only a recommendation. So now, you, so now you're going to spoil Force Awakens for me to do. What, what, no, I, what I'll no, do is no, I'm not spoiling the Force Awakens. Listen. You, are you spoiling Return of the Jedi? <laughs> no, I'm not spoiling anything. Tell me then, what are you going to do? What are you doing? If you, so Rogue One is a prequel to basically to uh, Star Wars, the original Star Wars. Will the, will the film tell me this? Shouldn't it stand up on its own? Um, yes, it will <laughs> tell you this, but you need to have seen Star Wars to know what's going on. Go on. Not entirely, but you just need to watch it. To You just need to know that that's what the premise of this film is. It's right. a, you need, <laughs> It's set literally just before. So it's set just before which one? Uh, Star Wars: A New Hope, Episode Five. Right. Okay. So it's sort of like, between, okay, so, fair enough. So if we were to put it in a chrono- chronology timeline, yeah. so you've got Episode Wait, so, One. Oh, so hang on, hang on. So we had a bunch of films, and then twenty odd years later, we had three films that came before that chronologically. Yeah. And then we've got three films now that are sort of interspersed and after that. So what happened was? So let me explain it to you. How, how long so is what, the? How long is the? Uh, sort of title credit that's telling me all about I'd uh, like trade and tax and uh, you know, export, <laughs> export. how long does that go on you for? can be sarcastic so all the timer. yeah so when they decided to do the new the new trilogy they also announced that they were going to do some standalone films like solo based yeah like solo and Rogue One was the first one of these solo films oh it's a standalone yeah that's why I'm recommending it to you right, because I didn't know I wanted that. to like a, that it had Felicity Jones in it. B, it's a standalone film, and it's thri- thrice. It's got a good. Uh, it's got a good director. Is he called John Boyega? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> well, know, I called him did Daniel. You call him Jordan. <laughs> did you call him Daniel Boyega? Yeah. yeah. Now you mention it. Yeah, I just, I just heard Boyega, and was like, oh yeah, John Boyega. Yeah. Yeah. God, I'm I've not seen Attack well. the Block. We might have to watch that at some point. Uh, it's all right. I don't want to recommend that. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I only like to recommend good films, Shrug. so you might have noticed that. Yeah. So, um, right, I think it's time for us to chuff off. I it? think it because, was 20 uh, minutes ago, but well, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's do that. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I didn't realise that. I, I, I should have explained this all off <laughs> This was a production quite meeting frankly. on air for quite a lengthy time. Yeah. So, if you yeah. want to get in touch with the show, if you want to tell us that we're shit and we should cut down this last 20 minutes, um, yeah. we are available Keep on... it to yourself. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. If you really liked it, if you want to tell other people... Shout, yeah, just, you can just shout loudly into a pillow. Uh, Dig a hole in the ground. Know and uh, bury yourself <laughs> in it, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so but if you do want to share an opinion, where should they find us? On, on Twitter, they'll find us at Please Watch Pod. Please Watch Pod. At yeah, it helps if you know pod. what we're called. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to try that again? Yes. <laughs> on Twitter, you can find us at Please Watch Pod. And you can email us at... Uh, please Watch This Pod... Ah, I've done it as well. <laughs> we need to have this written Damn, down. You got me on the wall. Yeah, I don't have it written in front of me. I've, you're the one who's. Have you got it written there in front? Of you? It's uh, please watch this pod at Gmail. Yeah, yeah. It's gmail please watch this dot. pod at Gmail. That was an email. Uh, you can't just say at Gmail. 
It is, yeah. It's, please watch this pod at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Yeah, people know it's .com with Gmail. Look, if you're listening to this and you don't know that Gmail is only .com, then don't what email are you doing us. in your life? <laughs> but what about those poor people yeah, who've yeah, gone... Email, yeah, put Gmail, you know, put at gmail.ca.uk. See, <laughs> see what that gets you. I mean, we won't get it, but you'll have a great time. So Twitter is please, at please watch pod. Email is what? Please watch this pod. Please watch this pod. Actually. You don't know, do you? Is it pod or is it not? I, it is pod. <laughs> so it's please look, watch this up. pod. Let me go on Google now. So it's <laughs> called I please watch this pod you. at gmail.com. Put it here. Shut up. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? Yeah, please watch this. Dot, oh, it's, so you didn't it's please watch this you. dot pod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, we, is so horrifically this means every said it wrong. Okay, so it's please watch this top pod at gmail.com. <laughs> <Top> pod. <laughs> we'll have to go and wreck it. This is so, why we haven't had any emails yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not the fact that I haven't uploaded it. We'll to the also, Retcon found out that's retroactive continuity. So let's yes. retcon the shit out of those previous pods and change the email address on it. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, cool. Well, it's been a blast. I'm glad you enjoyed the uh, film that I recommended because it was yeah, the obvious one to like. They're two weeks in a row now that we've both enjoyed the film that each has recommended. Well, Let's hope, three um, weeks in a row. Basically, we started badly and then we've been good <laughs> ever since. Why, what did we, we have? Princess we Bride. Have the second Princess one. Bride. Oh, we did have the Princess Bride second Unforgettable. Side. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, it's been a blast. Right. And uh, yeah, I'm we'll let this down let to less than to four hours. <laughs> Stop it now. All right, Say goodbye. Uh, love you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.